0: Hey guys, this is Dagon one two three, and welcome to. Tendcast. Tendcast. Welcome back to another exciting episode of TenchiCast, presented by TenchiForum.com, and the finale to No Need for a Trilogy. Three weeks in the making, but not even Ryoko could push it back even further for me. I have a fantastic cast today. With me, I have Chuck. Hello, everyone. Evil Pie. Hello there. JG Zimb, 106 degree. Hello. RyokoFan21. Yo. And who? Hi. Tenchi has done it all, tackled the reaches of space, the infinite dimensions, parallel universes, the slice of life atmosphere, and even survived Ryoko's cooking. But surprisingly, the only thing the Tenchi Saga has never touched on before this was the mature drama, which set Tenchi forever, distant memories, apart from the rest. Tenshi Forever Distant Memory's tone is very brooding and drama-enlaced right out of the gate. Do you think this fits Tenshi as a series, and do you think this was the right direction to go into?
1: Well, uh, hitting off with the hard-hitting questions first, Uh, I like it. In terms of the feel of this movie, it certainly, as you said, is very different from uh, any Tenshi we've seen so far. I've said it before in the other podcasts, the other movies and shows, they were sort of children's shows. I mean, they are definitely high intelligence. I mean, we're still fans of them to this day for that reason. But this was definitely a different animal entirely. It was It's a, it's a slow burn drama, as I said before. And it's very, very adult. We see uh, these characters who we've come to love and really feel for over their journeys. And we get to see them put through hell like never before. And it's really painful. The first time I saw this movie few months ago, it was it was a shock. I really didn't like it that much. It, it was very uncomfortable to watch, and it still is a bit to this day, because it's, it's a shock. It definitely is different from any other Tenchi we've seen before, but now that I've said that, I have grown to appreciate it more, as I've seen it a few times, and I've actually now have the DVDs, and I've watched the Japanese track and the English track, and it has grown on me a bit, and I do, I do think that since they knew that this was probably going to be the last iteration of Tenshi at least that they were going to have any part of for a long time that its creators they took it in a more adult direction and i think that's what they wanted to do for the ending and i think it worked well i think it uh, it was a good send off and we got to see a lot of a different side of the characters that we've uh, that we've watched for a long time and have appreciated and i think it worked it worked well i think it's still uncomfortable to watch to this day because of the adult themes, but for the most part, I think it worked well.
2: I found this film, as Chuck just mentioned a moment ago, very uncomfortable the first and unsettling the first time I watched it because this is not your typical pair of tenshi. It is not your first. It is not the tenshi muyo that you showed the a first a newbie that has never seen the show ever before. This is something that was ambitious. They were trying to do something that had never been done before. All the others you'd had a lot of of you, you've had girl acts. You've had different. Bends on the on the series and the franchise, but this one they were they were as Chuck mentioned a moment ago they were trying to kill the show they were trying to finish it off they were trying to close it off, and they were trying to do it in a way that had never been done before. And I give props to Nagishi and company for for trying for even trying that. It does it actually seal anything off? No, but I think it is still in the same climate of Tenshi. It is still the girls and Tenshi. It's a different spin on all the different themes. It's. I always think of it more of a, as kind of a what-if story. What if Tenchi was literally removed from the equation? What would happen to the household? What would happen to him? That's my impression of the film. And as, where, as to where it stands in the series, I think it stands fairly well as just a, a nice bookend to the universe story arc.
3: I'm... Um... I'd kind of echo a little bit of what Chuck said, simply because he had so much to say, because it kind of hits a bunch of topics. But did I like it? Um, or the like the more mature theme? I think it was nice to have a new... They took it in a different direction, something we hadn't seen before, and I think that's always good or almost necessary to see uh, in any art form or media, because otherwise you, it... Kills itself due to stagnation. And Universe had already gone so many places. Now as to, is this really, does it feel like Tenshi? Other than in the Ryoko and Aieka sequences, not really, to me anyway. You see them touch on, you see a little deeper into Aieka and Ryoko's uh, mentality and them trying to, you know, keep each other built up. And things on that order, but does it fit what we have seen as Tenchi previously that's animated? Not really, I think if anything, it's closest to and it should be Tenchi Mio and Love One because this is a direct sequel to that. I think it's got a little bit of smattering of Tenchi and Tokyo in there because of the parallels with uh Sakia and you know Tenchi having run off with some other gal and similar theme there, but it didn't have any of the real, like, comedy elements. I don't think there was actually any comedy, actually, in the whole movie, come to think of it. And it, there was a different pacing. Yes, it was a more mature movie and all of that in there. If I had to say, the, is it like every other Tenchi? No. Is it, the more quintessential Tenchi is probably the uh, closer to what you'd see in the manga that fits up with early Tenchi Universe and Tenchi OVA.
4: Well, I guess I'm gonna be the odd man out this week and just start off saying that i I love this movie. I love the fact that they you know like everyone here has said they they took it in a in a more mature direction, not even just with the plot lines but with the art style as well. you know, like we've all said, if you watched Tenchi from beginning to end and you finished off the series with the final movie. It's a complete turnaround. I mean, just the art style and the story is so much different from everything else that came before. And and like like I said, I love the fact that it's a much more mature adult drama. But then again, I am I've said this on the forum before. I am a diehard Makoto Shinkai fan, and that, and a lot of his films deal along with the same thing as Tenchi Muyo in Love Two uh, or Tenchi Forever. Deals with you know you know what would happen if Tenchi was suddenly you know just gone. How would Ryoko and Aika and the rest of the girls how how would they take that you know? But I I absolutely I absolutely love this film even though it is effectively the end of the Tenchi saga you know as a whole. But it it is I like 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 I said I'm just a I'm just a big sucker for intense romantic dramas like that.
5: Well, last but not least, at least hopefully anyway, (laughs) man, everybody's uh, brought up so many great points. And uh, so I guess just I'll try to be specific to the original question. Like everybody does definitely get that vibe that this is a little more, I guess, mature and grown up a little bit more, more dramatic, a little heavier, a little weightier than most of the other uh, Tenchi series, and I, for me personally, in a lot of ways, even more so than the other movies. And uh, so is that is that appropriate for Tenchi? I felt it was. And, you know, I, I felt obviously this is uh, set chronologically, kind of after Tenchi Universe, as the uh, film starts off right off the bat you know, Ryoko and Aika arguing, it's just another typical day. You know, these characters have been around each other at this point for a very long time. And so, they, you know, obviously there's um, going to have been emotional growth and a lot of interaction in that way, um, as we see definitely by the end of the film. And I, I felt like um, a little bit since I saw, in my case, I saw the, the movie many years after I saw the original Tenchi series, but I think even even though it was released fairly shortly after, um, I think for a lot of us that uh, that watched like Tenchi Universe and had been familiar with Tenchi as uh, when we were younger, kind of grew up with it a little bit. So I, I think for a lot of us watching it, a lot of people aren't gonna you know aren't watching this movie just fresh into Tenchi. Uh, it's Tenchi fans that are watching it, and I think they've grown up and matured a little bit along the way. Like Ryoko fan was was uh, touching on that, and also just for me personally, I'm not saying obviously that this is you know right uh, or that anyone's right or wrong here, but I know I feel this way, and a lot of other people in the fandom really do feel that that weight is appropriate because we feel in so many ways this is kind of the end of Tenchi. Uh, Obviously not, uh, you know, chronologically and not both within the context of the story and obviously uh, Kajishima, you know, uh, continued uh, the OAV eventually, but uh, but for so many of us, even today, after all these other series, after GXP and all these other spinoffs, I think this movie having that emotional weight has really allowed it to... Uh, withstand the test of time and i think it will continue to do so as kind of like what uh what others have touched upon it really does have that intent behind it from the the people making the film that uh, this is kind of wrapping things up and this is kind of the end and it, it very much still has that weight to me today
0: very good points and i will echo the sentiments of rio fan and who I very much enjoyed the film, and if I had to pick of the three, I would pick this one as my favorite of the film simply because, like Ryoko fan and who said, it's kind of the end of an era. It's the end of the what I like to dub the original saga of Tenchi before Tenchi evolved into what Masaki Kajashima has turned it into, when it was still in more of its, you know, pure form, I guess. At this point, you know, Tenchi had been going on for seven years. And that's a long time. I mean, you may sit down and marathon the entire series in two weeks, a week maybe. But there's a lot, There's a huge amount of content and adventures and little bits of drama that we've come to associate and we love these characters for. I think it very much fits Tenchi as a series. Tenchi Forever somewhat parallels Roroni Kenshin around this time because the original series is for the most part you know, a lighthearted comedy with action. But it has its moments where we see the more emotional, drama-filled side of it. And it works with Tenchi. Uh, We had always seen the slice-of-life comedy wrapped up in this really epic space fantasy wrapper. Very rarely did we see uh, darker tones. But when we did, it was a tremendous boost to the show. And most of all, it felt genuine to the characters. When Ryoko cried and screamed in anger in episode 6 of OVA1 because of Kagato attacking Tenchi, you literally felt as if Ryoko was standing next to you when it happened. It felt genuine. It felt human, so to speak. And when I saw that the third movie, or *Tension, Wheel, and Love 2, was going to go into the more mature drama route, I was excited because it was fresh, and it meant that we were going to see what really drove the characters and expand on that dramatic tension we had only seen little glimpses of, and not, next time on Tenshi and Tokyo, the game show. Woo! In another departure from the normal Tenchi formula, Haruna, the antagonist, is not an ultra-powerful being by any means. In fact, she's very tragic. What are your
5: thoughts on her? Ah, nice. Way to spice things up. Three for a loop there. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, uh, when I first saw it, I think a lot of people are going to echo this, especially me being a shameless Ryoko fan. I had very much the same reaction to, uh, say, Sakuya... Uh, when when she first, you know, came about, and, and, you know, I kind of, you know, she's trying to uh, take Tenchi for herself, and she's uh, trying to take him away from from his family and from the other girls and stuff, and, uh, you know, I, of course, I hated her for that, you know, and spoiler alert, seems like uh, she and Tenchi uh, go places that he uh, had not previously with any of the other girls, and so that was just I'm sure, just outrageous for for so many fans, Aika uh, and Ryoko fans alike, and so yeah. So I, I kind of was uh, despising her for that, but by the end of the film, even my first viewing of it, you know, I, I did definitely um, I could see, you know, that it wasn't just it wasn't just a sad attempt at garnering sympathy for for this character. I, I it didn't feel that way to me. It felt it felt like you know she did have she did have a very Tragic life in a lot of ways, as we see uh, uh, in the very beginning via flashback, and then it more explained to us later what what all that entails. And so obviously she's not like you said, uh, Dagon. She's not a super powerful being. She's not a Kane. She's not a Kagato. She's not really a evil person. Uh, she's just was very very hurt, very um, emotionally damaged. I, yeah. So by by the end, uh, she you know she was just using. Tenshi trying to replace something that she lost, and in a lot of ways, she was cheated out of. You know, her and uh, she and Yosho—spoiler alert—were, you know, were in the prime of their lives, and they were looking forward to to living a full life together and growing old together. And she got robbed of that. So, so I, I did sympathize with her very much, uh, especially towards the end. Even though I can, I still count myself as a diehard Ryoko fan.
1: Well, I'm going to echo a bit of what Who said. Indeed, when I first watched this movie, I had not many good things to say about Haruna. I thought she was an archetypal, tragic figure. I mean, we know she's tragic, it's been said already, and it's fairly obvious. I just didn't think that she was a, a, a good character for my first time through. Uh, I've, I've grown to appreciate her more a bit. She's definitely, I would say, the only human villain that we've scene in a, in a Tenchi show or movie she's not she's not an all-powerful space pirate like kagato or a or a powerful dark prince like ova or a uh, universe kagato or kane or or a chosen goddess or anything or, or a counter actor she's human and that has its own certain appeal to it it's it i think it goes well with the direction like we were talking about the the more adult direction they were taking the show and i think she fit very well in that respect I wish that we could have had a bit more of uh, perhaps development with her. I think she sort of followed a very archetypal pattern for a tragic figure. She uh, sees the she's shown the error of her ways in the end. Spoiler alert! I, I've grown to appreciate her more, and she's definitely like I said, she's a human villain, and that that's a very unique tone in these movies. But for the most part, I still feel that she was not the very best villain. But she fit the tone of the movie well, and that's that's what um that's what I give her credit for.
4: I am pretty much going to echo everything that who said. You know, first time seeing it, being a Ryoko fan, I didn't like the fact that she was trying to break up the nice little not karma effect, but the nice little zen attitude in the whole house, how she's she took Tenchi away and this obviously infuriates Ryoko and Ayaka. Dynamic, yes, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, JG. And obviously did not like her for that. But every time I watched the film after my first try, like who said, I I genuinely felt sorry for her. Because, you know, like he said, here's this this woman who was essentially robbed of living a joyful and happy life with the man she loved. And it's just... It's just awful. I mean, to anyone, that's, that's just, that is an awful thing to go through it's for her to just try to gain that back through Tenchi while, yes, it's not fair of her to try to break up the, the dynamic of the household. But in in a sense, she's trying to regain something that was, that was taken from her. So I, like who like and Chuck said, she's, she's very human for wanting to do that and, at first, I hated, I didn't like her for that, but the more I saw it, the more I started to sympathize with her and just to genuinely feel sorry for her. And I, I do like her. She does fit well for this movie with the more mature theme, like we've all said here. And I kind of look at it the way I look at Saki of Retention Tokyo. The more I watch her, the more I like her. I st- I'm still not completely. Don't, I'm still not 100% sure about her, but I'm starting to like her more and more.
2: When I was first introduced to Harna, I had the same knee-jerk reaction as everyone. She's breaking up the household. She's Sakuya version 2. Oh, no. This is not, this, you're breaking up my Tenshi. But, again, multiple watchings, just like everyone else, kind of made her grow on me. I believe it might have been you, Dagonji, who mentioned this before, that uh, uh, Roroni Kenshin, uh, sikioku uh, Siki the uh, reflection, or not the reflection, the memory ova, was... Put out right around the same time, and the backdrop with with Haruna's story of her losing her, losing the losing the man she loved, losing the life that she wanted, echoes a lot of the same themes as Kishiro Tamoi's situation in Rur- in the in the Rurouni Kenshin memory ova. Uh, she was doing the same thing. It's a very common theme, I, I, maybe in in Japan or in anime in general, uh, of one's life just being completely torn to shreds. Against your will. And she fit that to a T. She, per- she, she was perfect for that role. She is a very human character, a very tragic character, a very flawed character. Throughout most of, the, most of the movie, you don't really... I didn't see her necessarily as a villain. She was just this other person for the longest time, ex- out, outside of her interactions with Ryoko and Aika in particular. She was just there with Tenshi. I always kind of look at uh, Tenshi and Harun in particular as being kind of like, what if Tenshi was, again, what if Tenshi was removed from the household? What would he do if he never met them? What would he he do if he never met Ryoko or Aika ever? Would he go, this movie kind of gives you an answer to that. It is, he kind of goes off to college. He goes to art school and starts trying to make a make a life for himself. He tries to do, do this and that with Har- with Haruna, and she's a normal girl to him. And she that's all she for the most part. That's all she is. She's a competitor. I as a villain, as a fu- as an as a foe, I'd classify her kind of again human, but competitor with Ryoko and Aika. If you want to know what makes her a, a, truly an antagonist, not really a villain, but an antagonist. I believe it is, she she is the essence of everything that Ryoko and Aika had been throwing at Tenchi all along. All of their desire to be with him, all the desire to make a life with him, that seems to be exactly what she is. She even, when she pulled the two of them out of her, out of her parallel world into that kind of limbo, the two of them, she's standing there staring at the two of them saying, we're all the same. I'm just the one who had who has the 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 gall the what have you to take him and make him mine. You don't. He's mine. Get out of my world. Earlier on, if you go back to the beginning of Tenshi Universe, Rio Naika would have been exactly the same way, exactly the same way. She's ex- pretty much in a, in, a, in a kind of a twisted way when she's trying to make her, take her life take her life back. Essentially, she is essentially. It, feels like she's becoming a distilled version of the two of them. And just a t- sort of a side comment is, since this is the final podcast of the three films, Harna kind of fits in this in the three in three films in an interesting way. Each of the films is sort of a particular woman in a man's life, in Tenshi's life. The first one was his mother. The second one was his daughter. And the third one... The most dangerous of the the most dangerous and ambitious version of them all is the is Tenchi's lover, Tenchi's girlfriend. And how do you do that and get and get away with it? You, that goes back to the mature tone and the the pacing of this film is so much different because it is a different beast. You can you talk about a guy's mother and have adventures. You can talk about a guy's daughter and have adventures. You talk about a guy's girlfriend. Things are different.
3: I get to be the odd man out of the group, which. I've only watched the third movie twice here, and as to Haruna, I can't really justify, you know, what she did to give her a free pass card or to get out of it, like some of you other guys are, you know, alluding to with it or understanding that she's a human. Because to begin with, she's not a human; she's a Dryan. Even though, I mean, we all look at her and say, oh yeah, two arms, two legs, head, no antenna, human. She and Yosho didn't have to make the incredible journey to Earth. They could have gone to some other planet. They could have gone to the planet of, you know, swords or some other, you know, resort or something trying to flee from Jirai and, you know, all that. It didn't have to go that way. It's done this way for story purposes, so we'll work with what we got. She does have powers in some level because she's buried underneath or with a tree of dry and power and she's manipulating you know the space in tokyo or wherever that was in town that was many city blocks she sucked tenchi into a tree and manipulating him as well as other areas and the She's got a network essentially of other trees, just like the first movie did. They had to go around to different special spiritual spots and hook up transmitters in order to give them enough power to do the same thing. It's very reminiscent of the first movie, you know Kyoni Mihoshi doing their thing, uh Washu doing her thing, the other gals being the front runners, trying to help out Tenchi same general setup, I think as I was just saying about. You know the maturity level of you know mother daughter, in this case lover, uh, was interesting in of itself. There is a good observation. The being that I've ex- personally experienced manipulation and abuse and things along the same idea as Haruna's warping your mind, I can't give it as much a free pass because I know what it does to you. And once you get out of that situation, uh, you don't look at it the same way. And Haruna was, until the whole very end, it was all really about her and what she wanted, but there was an interesting statement in there that she made, is that, you know, I'm giving Tenchi what he wants as well. That would be something to explore, uh, maybe after the cast or what have you, but I think what it really needed for me to maybe make that little tiny leap over to say, okay you know, what she really was was just a tragic carry and flip it over is we weren't given enough time there in the end with her talking with Yoshio or basically having a change of heart. It it was too quick to just almost a... flip of the switch of her actions or her mentality and okay now i'll let you go sorry for everything you know bye-bye you're free to leave if you can figure out where the door is so i got i gotta be the weird guy in the room and say nah i can't give uh, haruna a free pass
0: haruna to me is a really interesting character unlike any other villain before in Tenchi, we had a character who it wasn't so much a villain as she just was someone who opposed uh, the Tenchi household. She does no real physical harm to Tenshi other than, well, rape, maybe. Spoilers. But, and right, in the be- and right in the beginning, we're led to believe that she's anything but a villain. But this, of course, is a reoccurring theme in Tenshi. A girl from Yosho's past comes back to wreck havoc on his grandson. Yeah, I think this one is far more potent in that instead of physically attacking him or the household, she simply steals him away somewhat of penance to yosho for her time lost coming to earth and to the girls because you know obviously she's not going to just roll over and do whatever but she at the same time she's not really interested in them either you know she's not going to do them harm as long as they don't get too close so it's a really interesting aspect and i think in a world that's you know dominated by spaceships and sci-fi and magical swords uh, the force so to speak. It's a nice way to segue that feel that Tenchi has always had with its antagonists into a much more mature situation. You know, I think for the most part, it pulled it off. And do I like Haruna as a character? Haruna, I could stand more than Sakuya simply because she had a purpose. Was it a purpose that I 100% agreed with? Absolutely not. But even in the short time that she was there, she had much more meaning to me for the why she was doing what she did, as opposed to someone like Sakuya, who for a long time it was very black and white, it was very just because, and then we didn't even really get a legitimate answer towards the end of that series, as opposed to Yosho and Haruna's going away to Earth and then her tragic passing. Tenchi Forever Distant Memories focuses almost exclusively on Tenchi, Ryoko, Aika, and Haruna. And very briefly shows the rest of the cast. Do you feel like the cast should have been shown more, or would that have detracted from the effect and direction the movie was taking?
1: Since we've determined that this is a this was intentionally from the beginning, the creators set out to make this the capstone to Tenchi. Uh, I think it's very fitting that they chose to to take basically the core of the show, which is Ryoko and Aieka fighting over Tenchi, and then adding this the more adult theme through the vehicle of Haruna. So. I think they made the right choice in not making it a full cast adventure like the last movies were. I think that uh, it, it fits the direction that they were trying to do because it takes what is the core of Tenshi for, for pretty much most of the fandom. And it basically it distills that and presents it to you in a much more adult format through, through the lens of the Haruna story arc. And it, it worked. We got to see a whole lot more of Ryoko and Aika than we would have if we had had the whole cast. And it worked extremely well, I think. This is the, this is the crowning achievement of this movie, is that we get to see the ryoko Aika tenshi relationship in a much more adult context and much more in-depth than we've ever seen it before. We see uh, one of my favorite aspects of this film is Ryoko and Aika working together and basically keeping themselves sane as they're searching for Tenshi, I mean they basically take turns breaking down over the course of their of their search we have the very heart-wrenching moment where Aika is in the bathroom at the restaurant basically collapsed and having a breakdown because of the whole situation and then we get the tender moment later where uh, they're in they're uh, trying to sleep and they can't sleep and Ryoko is comforting Aika and then it's reciprocated in the end after Ryoko, when Ryoko is ready to give up it's uh Aika now who's holding Ryoko together, and it's that relationship between them that allows them to rescue Tenshi. And I think we could we could have never had that development, at least not in this format and this time length, if the rest of the cast had been there. And we we I think we did see for the most part enough of the rest of the cast. We saw Miyoshi and Kyone on a few occasions. They served their part in the story. I mean, granted I'm a huge Kyone fan, I would love to see more Kyone, but what we did see of them was Probably the perfect amount for this formula. And we saw uh, Sasami on dry with the knights again. That was a good addition, just to show that it was universe, and the knights are still there, and it's always good to see the knights. Um, and everyone, everyone pitched their part, and of course we have the, the classic line from Washu, the, uh, when, she's, when she tells them women are so strong when they're in love. That's a great quote from Washu. So we, we, we do get to see the characters as they should be seen, but I was glad that they took the core element of the show. And went with it, and I think they—that was the crowning achievement of this film.
3: I was just having to think with that. On that note, the only thing I really would have preferred to see more of would have been more of Ryoko and Aika's adventures or travels before they landed back in the city, because Ryoko makes the comment, "You know, we've been all over the place. We've gone many places, haven't we? Just trying to search for him." You know, but now I've got a good feeling about this place, and they've got the watch from Washu, the tracker. So I would have liked to have seen more of them trying to work hand-in-hand, because hand, there is such a dynamic there. I mean, if they weren't enemies on some level, then they'd probably make pretty good sisters. It would make more sense, and that's kind of the roles that they really do take. Yeah, that's that's really about the only thing. You know, We could have had a little bit more Keoni in there, but there wasn't really any room for her to do anything from like a galaxy police perspective, you know, it's not like they're gonna go out to Saturn and go search, you know, every corner of the universe for him. That doesn't make any sense. So they they did what they were supposed to, you know, if anything, Keone had more of a role than Mahoshi She didn't really do much of anything. So Yeah, that's about the only thing. I think they did the characters well. I really did enjoy the, the dynamic between Ryoko and Aika and seeing them. Aika, I think, was a little maybe bit too I don't want to say cry or weak or moany. That's not quite what I'm getting at, but the, her role was played well because she is the weaker of the two as a pair. She's not a space pirate. She hasn't had the more difficult life. She didn't basically sacri- sacrifice herself, blowing away the and Armada in order to get Tenchi to the throne room like Ryoko did. Ryoko's had that edge put on her, so she constantly demonstrates that she's, you know, the stronger of the two when that comes to pass. When she does get self-pity or hurt on her own, she kind of becomes introverted and falls in on herself uh, for Ryoko, and Aika has to, you know, give her that extra push of, you know, if we're not there and he did need us, then how would that... How would that make you feel for the rest of your life, not knowing? But I think it was it was done what it needed to do. There would have been, maybe if I was tweaking it, maybe the scenes where they catch sight of Tenchi would have lasted a tiny bit longer, uh, and the music might have been tweaked a little bit. But otherwise, it it, it played out well.
2: How do I feel about the, the, the portrayal of the cast here? As much as I'm a big fan of the cast as a whole, as well as I love lots of the minor characters. I love the knights, I love Nagi. since this is his universe. I would love to see Nagi one more time, but as others have mentioned, what purpose would she serve? And Mahoshi and Kyone almost... They served, they served a purpose, but their purpose was kind of away from the main core element, which was dealing with Ryoko Tenshi and Aieka. Even if you rewind back to the ovas, the ovas themselves, which have no direct bearing on this series, but it reflects the same idea, the core drama has always has always kind of circled those three. It's always been kind of this little trinity of Tenchi, Ryoko, and Aika, the 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 warrior, the princess, and the 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 monster, the uh, demon. If you go back to the demon or Rashomon's story and illusion. It's always been the three of them. You had now you had all the cast around them, but the 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 heart and soul of Tenchi in every f- incarnation—be it Tenchi Muyo and Love, be it Tenchi Universe, be it uh, Midsummer's Eve—you uh, have all the other ca- all the other characters circling around them. But they are the the three that hold this hold this. They're the three that hold this stable together, folks. The others they're not superfluous. Again, people mentioned they've, they've served their purpose, they've been, they've, uh, they did different things. I was perfectly fine with not seeing as much of the others because of what the main thrust of the story was. Which was to deal with them. Even from the beginning of the film, uh, it's right off the bat. They they do the one thing that Tenchi fandom has been screaming the Tenchi to do, and they finally we have a voice through Ryoko and Aika who both turn to Tenchi and say, "Choose between us right now." And he's all like, "Um, um, derp, 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 derp. Um, I, what's that over there?" And runs off. That was pre- pretty much. Uh, the the deal breaker right there that changed how the story this entire story was going to go comp- compared to the rest of the show Tenchi Universe even the OVAs even the OVAs they haven't even broken down and and, add to- and said to Tenshi's face choose now choose between us reminds me of some quote from somewhere I can't think of it as a uh, choose 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 me choose now or for- or leave or lose us forever um, as for Rio and dynamic. I liked it. It hurt a lot to watch because I, especially, uh, I mean, I was a diehard Ryoko fan in the day, and I've slowly, especially with this film, I think, grew, has kind of grown on me. Aika's grown on me a lot, and uh, to see them go through what they've done, uh, or, or go through what they did in this film, it just speaks a lot to them. Speaking in that same, same vein, Ryoko and Aika outside of Tenchi, if you remove Tenchi, again, going back to the whole idea of remove Tenchi from the equation, if you go back to I think it was TV Universe Episode 5, the episode that introduced Kione, Ryoko and I are just kind of standing around in the kitchen getting drinks from the fridge, if I remember correctly, and they're just having a nice polite conversation. They're saying, that was a nice bath. We ought to have another one. Sure, let's have another one later. Nothing about Tenchi at all. And they're just polite. They're nice to each other. They're they're, they've had their fights for the last four episodes they're going to be nice for a little, for, nice for a little while they're, they really are grudgingly and they probably would never say this to each other's faces exi- until after this film uh, that they are best friends outside of Bis- Misaki Tenshi their rivalry over him if, if it wasn't for arguing over him they probably would be roommates friends exactly the way they were portrayed in this film
4: Oh man, uh I pretty much just agree with what everybody here has said that it was really it was really well done I thought, you know, I didn't think that Mahoshi or Keone or even Sasami even could have had more to do with the story. I thought their parts were played out perfectly. They they had just the right amount of time. Like like we've all everyone said here, this movie to its core is about Ryoko, Aika, and Tenchi. And that's what this focuses on. So I, I, I just I just thought it was well done. The that the other girls and all the other characters, their parts were really well done. I didn't think anything needed to be added. It was just a very well balanced film.
5: Well, so many great points have already been brought up and it's been dissected in a number of uh, different ways, uh, so I'll try not to repeat too much of uh, what everyone has already said so well. Yeah, the question of uh, would more Mihoshi, Kiyone, Sasami, them having more of a role or just more screen time, Like, would that take away some from from the essence of the movie? And I, I'm i sorry, uh, Miho Kiyone fans, uh, hear me out. If I say this, I think it would take away from that. And and there's you know obviously a lot of reasons for that, and a lot of reasons have uh, good reasons have been stated purely from a you know a plot standpoint. Where would they fit in? You know, are you going to have Mihoshi go to Saturn? As uh, I think JG said, no. Obviously, that would be that would be ridiculous. But I I think it just just purely uh, also from uh, the standpoint of uh, you know. It's it's a it's a film. It's uh, I, I don't remember how long you know. It, it's a very limited amount of time, and um, you know, like Pai said, you know, I, I'd like to uh, see Nagi in there. I, I you know, I agree. I like Nagi, but uh, you know, um, you know, we, we all know that there's just no way uh, she could have fit in this movie, and you can't fit it all. So I I feel that um, the amount of emotional and character development that we got with Ryoko and Aika, as has been mentioned with their relationship, their kind of sisterhood as they're uh, supporting one another, as, as, um, as they, as they struggle emotionally and, and, uh, and are just tired from, you know, looking for Tenchi and trying to hold down a job and being away from home for months. Um, It's, um, I think if we would have, if they would have tried to add in more time and more development with uh, Mahoshi and Kione and Sasami, uh, not that they're not all great characters and I love them, and they they could be developed further. That's why you have the manga, I guess, uh, or other uh, mediums. Is um, is I just think the end result would have been with with trying to condense it all into one film. You would have had everybody would have ended up a little bit. Uh, more watered down, uh, in a sense. Um, so I think the filmmakers just kind of did what they had to do, and as everyone has mentioned, and every Tenchi fan kind of knows, is that the Ryoko and Aika bickering, and literally, at almost physically at times, tearing Tenchi into pieces, fighting over him. I mean, that's, uh, that's the heart and soul of Tenchi Muyo. And so I think they did a good job, uh, keeping that as the uh, epicenter. And I also wanted to, uh, I think, oh yeah, I just wanted to mention, uh, I, I, as a Ryoko fan, you know, throughout the other incarnations of, of Tenchi, Ryoko and Aika as well, um, are always very, very persistent to say the least when pursuing Tenchi. And, uh, and, you know, there's just, uh, if somebody was taking from Tenchi's view, it's kind of like they can't take no for an answer, especially Ryoko. So seeing her towards the end, right at the end, seeing her pretty much giving up. She spent months trying to find Tenchi, and here she's basically, she's had Haruna and uh, pretty much Tenchi as well tell them, you know, no, get out, leave. Seeing her a little bit more vulnerable in that sense and seeing that she's not, you know, she that she's obviously a flawed character in many ways. Those are the most trusting of characters. And I think her, you know, giving up and her needing that uplifting from Aika right at the end was so much more satisfying than if Ryoko had, you know, in every carnation of Tenchi been, you know, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to get Tenchi. Believe it. Like, that would be annoying on a lot of levels after a while because it's like, you know, nothing, nothing phases you. What, you know, are, are you not human? And I know we're dealing with aliens and dryans and stuff, but you know, from a uh, kind of a literary sense, these are very, as, as has been mentioned, these are very human characters. They have human emotions and uh, fallibilities and such uh, especially emotionally. So I just wanted to point out that that was a very, very welcomed character evolution and development Uh, of ryoko for me i personally i think having everyone else
0: be a part of it would have very much taken away from it uh, and especially uh, what the film is trying to accomplish i realize that everyone has their favorite girl but the fact of the matter is tenchi has two real love interests and like Pai said uh those three and who and like so many have echoed, those three make up the core of what Tenshimuyo Muyo really is. Like, that's, that's what you really go to see. That's what really brings out the most. That is the strongest dynamic in the show. And... That's not to say that's the only dynamic, but that's the reason also that many of these characters were not included in large amounts. They're great characters, there's absolutely no doubt about it, but adding in even one extra character to that core of three changes the dynamic of how the scenes work and how the characters will act. and you really can't pass off a true drama in the sense that we're really going for because these three characters are the strongest emotionally in that they're all connected to each other that dynamic is extremely strong and it will like it's shown in the film break them down to their core even when we've seen in the past like who said you know Ryoko is extremely persistent but this shows that she is human this shows that Aika is human it shows that they're real people underneath Uh, ...what we see, and that they can break down, and that everything's not perfect. It's, again, it's a different dynamic, and... ...to cut a very long and agonizing discussion between myself and J.G. extremely brief... ...right from the beginning, this movie says... ...this movie is about a man and his mate. It starts with one, and ends with another. And putting anything else in between is just mucking it up. And finally, if there was one thing about this movie that you could change, would you change it? Or would you end it the way it is and end the original Tenchi Saga as we've all known it to be?
5: You know what? Thinking back to uh, how many times I've watched the film and how um, I've enjoyed it every time, and as we've touched upon with, with these really intense emotional scenes that still choke me up to this day every time I watch it, I don't think there's anything I would change, um, even the, uh, you know, the art style and uh, the way the characters are are uh, drawn, uh, you know, looks a little bit different than what we're uh, accustomed to from, say, the Universe series. Uh, it looks a little closer to, uh, well, a little bit like Tokyo, but not nearly that um uh, is more detailed than that, and I, I thought a lot of instances, like with the trees, were um, in the forest, where uh, when Tenshi's first taken by uh, Haruna, I, I think you know, just the the artwork is beautiful. The score is is absolutely gorgeous. The uh, the piano and uh, oboe duet that plays right at the end when uh, Ryoko goes to uh, take Tenchi back for the final time. Uh, it, like I said, it still chokes me up to this day, and it's just it's just absolutely beautiful. And uh, the the final the final scene again, yeah, it, for uh, for us Ryoko fans especially, you can have your opinion on it, but my opinion is that was very telling, and it was it was subtle in a lot of ways, but it also seemed very explicit to me in other ways. Um, it ends with Tenshi and Ryoko and uh and then of course has that uh, beautiful uh, uh end credit sequence. So um so yeah, I I don't think there's anything I I could uh, possibly do or think of to uh, make the movie better. I I wouldn't change it.
4: First off, I'm just going to start out as a Ryoko fan, I would have to just straight out say I would not change a thing in this movie. And I I'm actually glad you brought something up because this movie in all its dramatic adult theme, probably has two of my all-time favorite moments in the entire Tenchi saga. The first one being is toward the end of the movie when it's the la- it's their last chance to, to get Tenchi back and, and bring him home. And I forget exactly what Aika tells him, but essentially she tells Ryoko to her face... You've always been the one who could always get to Tenchi, not me. Go get him, Ryoko. And then, like, like who said the very end of the movie is? It's just Tenchi and Ryoko standing alone on the side of a mountain. And <laughs> I never forget the first time I saw it. I saw those two standing there when they look at each other. I just kept thinking, "Kiss her, kiss her, kiss her." And then the credits start rolling. Like, ah. Uh, it just, it, but you know, even that I I would not change a thing in this movie. It, I just thought it was absolutely perfect for the theme and the artwork. Everything. It was just a fantastic way to end the series.
3: I think if there was one thing I'd remove, it would have been the Peruna trying to we call it we're calling it rape her basically. You know, sexing him up or whatever you want to call it. To me, it it feels out of place. I think it's meant to feel out of place. I'm not sure it's entirely necessary in there to get the point across. There's other things that could have shown to me after this. On the second watching, the only thing I could think of is you're basically having intimacy with a corpse because that's about as much love and affection as I'm seeing going on here. So. Yeah, it just, it wasn't, I don't think it was necessary in there. They could have done other things to show that, or her dragging him around town, and they get into a fight, or something else. But it didn't, you know, whatever. But, the the thing on the hill, and I guess if, if this is going to be our final question, I'll throw my 10 cents in here too, because I already kind of hashed out, as Dagon alluded, on the form and said my 10 cents worth, but... um. The movie, I think, does nudge towards Ryoko. I don't think it seals the deal. I don't think it necessarily means like Ayaka is completely out of the running, but it does nudge towards that. The end credits nudge towards that. The, the standing on a hill is a fort is a uh, uh, it's not a foreshadowing. What the whatever the opposite of that is, throwback to Achika and Nobuyuki doing the same thing on the hill with the house on the sketch pad. There are throwbacks in there. And really, of the two of them, I think Ryoko's the one that should have gotten Tenchi, if that were the case. But I don't—I'm not as dead set on it being, you know, only Ryoko at the end of the movie as others might be. But yeah, that's my only real complaints.
2: What I could have added to the film, and I, it's, this has been touched on by several people already, but I could have spent another half hour on the watching the film if they, if the producers or writers, animators, what have you, had strung out more of the six months where Tenchi was missing, the initial some of the initial search of uh, what kind of chaos befell the house before everyone split up. Essentially showing more and more of the of the breakdown that we didn 't see, we saw Aiken and Ryoko collapse near the end of their search, but we never saw the we didn 't see as much of the crumbling that we saw that saw we could have seen also something that would have been nice and JG mentioned this a moment ago, and maybe who as well that we could have seen more of Haruna and Tenshi's relationship throughout this entire thing. If you look at Tenshi, he looks like he's in his mid-twenties now, as opposed to what he should be, which is in either... in his late teens. Uh, again, Haruna kind of aged up... Uh, aged up him to make him look, look and act like Yosho. So something in there happened we're not completely sure uh Harna kind of messed with his head, as uh, JG mentioned messed with his head gave him maybe even gave him some memories he's not supposed to have and said go i mean couldn't we could have had some more of the interplay between the two of them building up this rela- this intimate relationship of uh two of two lovers in an apartment that we are led to believe is going on right there, uh, whether they show it or not. That could have replaced what JG mentioned. Some of the uh, love scenes that they had there that didn't go, that seemingly were out of place, didn't belong. They could have, they could have extended that a lot out with other things. Is there anything that I could have subtri- that would have been appropriate to remove from the film? Mahoshi acting like a complete dip. That would have been a plus. Um, having her being a bit more useful for Keone's purpose would have been nice. Other than that, I think I couldn't add or subtract anything. Those, to me, are kind of what I would mess around with. Uh, I don't think they're... Emotionally and thematically, I don't think there's anything that could have really been added
1: other than that. Well, I guess for me, it's just going to come back down to Harna again. I She really how they presented her they really didn't seal the deal with me uh, when it came to Haruna. and don't get me wrong i would not remove her from the movie at all uh she is she is the vehicle through which this movie achieves its great success however i feel that we could have seen maybe not more but at least gotten a better a better look at her she had such potential there her story was very tragic and her motives were were very human very tragic very human but we just we, we never we never they never took that last step and made me actually uh, really feel for her. I mean, I, I I had pity on her, and I really I sort of almost can almost respect what she's trying to do, but she just came off as too archetypal for me. And I would and I would hate I hate that, and I would love to change it. And how I would change it, I would just give her maybe some more personality, give her um, some more maybe not backstory, but just development of her character. More scenes with her on her own, maybe have her go through some breakdowns instead of just getting angry and rebooting the universe all the time. Um, so in terms of that, yeah, that's what I would change, the horror aspect of it. She just It was too archetypal for me. I suppose perhaps uh, something else, if we're going to keep going along with this uh, Ryoko ending, I might as well throw my two cents in here. Uh, I agree mostly with JG in that the whole it was a very big nudge toward Ryoko, but they never sealed the deal. But I think that's uh, I think that's the way it should have been because the whole show, the whole people working on Universe who were behind this movie as well, all of Universe and all of the the, the two movies were one succession of nudges nudging uh, in Ryoko's direction the entire way. The ending the the ending of Universe very much so with the dimension of love song playing in the background. And this movie, of course, with them paying homage to the uh, the first movie with Achika Nobuyuki on the hill. But the fact that it didn't seal the deal, actually, I feel that that is a very good thing. Because it's the whole... if It, it, it leaves not so much open for interpretation or continuation. It's just, it just it preserves the feel of Tenshi. Because, I mean, if Tenshi chose one, you know it would be forever over. And I just... I would Even, if, even though it is the ending it's nice to know that it's not over, that the story goes on. Um, so that's that's my uh, said my piece. Looking at all of
0: Tenchi, especially at Tenchi Forever, Tenchi Forever is really, in a lot of ways, the end of an era. It's the last time so far that we've heard portray a Burchard. It's very mature. It's very different for Tenchi, but it feels like the closing of a book in some ways. If I had to pick... One thing in particular that I would change, you know, I don't know if I would change anything to be honest because the way that everything went and did about and the way it storyboarded and the way the direction of the movie went, I didn't really have any problems with it. I mean, there were there were a few scenes that you know was I was I a fan of Haruna just kind of jumping on top of Tenshi? Not really. I don't think I don't think too many people were. But, you know, going back to what Chuck said with the ending, I don't. I think it would have honestly been out of character, especially for the way the movie was going, if they had really sealed the deal. Did I want them to seal the deal? Absolutely. I wanted them to seal the deal at the end of universe. Like, come on, just, you know, go that extra step. But I think to myself, like, that would be out of character. You know, that would be especially out of character for this movie, which is all about uh, being, being more mature, understanding feelings. Tenchi himself has grown up a little bit. We see that he has matured just a little bit more than usual, somewhat in the way that he did at the end of uh, Universe. Like, he's he's been through this story, this happening, and he's learned from it. And their homage to Achika and Nobuyuki is very telling. It's a next-generation type thing. And then we look at the very beginning of the movie, like I said in my last response, and then we look at the end. It, is it open for interpretation? Somewhat, but I I think that, and again, uh, not to bring up an entire huge discussion that me and J.G. had very extensively on this subject, I personally feel like the direction of the movie said nothing but. Did it seal the deal 100%? No. But did it prove to me as a Ryoko fan, the way that I've seen it and the way that the movie was going, that I enjoyed the ending and would I have changed it? Absolutely not i would i was this is my favorite of the three movies, and for that, I think it's a nice uh a nice way to end the original Tenchi saga. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to add?
3: I got one to throw out there, and that's we know based on the aging comments or what was shown in the movie that Tenchi was aged in the pseudo world or pocket dimension or whatever you wanna call it interesting thing though is do you think he's shown after the fact on the hill uh, having his hair cut back to normal but do you believe that Tenchi was actually aged because while well, she was saying this planet has a different axis and or whatever this dimension has different axis so time has been sped up here The main thing I want to see what everybody else thinks is... Do you think Tenchi was still older when he returned to his own time? Or did he revert back to his original age? And what possibilities that opens up? But if you think about it as well... If he's been in there a longer amount of time... Kind of like a training chamber in Dragon Ball Z... He could have been with Haruna for those 20 some odd years or so almost or if it's actually sped up he'd actually been there a shorter amount of time but i'll leave it up to you guys to debate on that
1: well physically i don't think it matters what his age is when he comes back mentally i think no doubt he's definitely grown um as as a character as a person so mentally yeah i would i would not be surprised at all if he had aged and his age had continued and followed him. but i think more so it's the experience of this whole thing even though he doesn't really remember it because Harmon wipes his memory of it but i think, yeah it's the experience more so than the age that really has uh, grown him as a character.
2: That opens up a lot of questions, JJ. Okay. Um... Did he? Did he remember? Did he? Did, what if with Power in particular, what she was actually doing to him? It's mentioned a couple times by both Yoshu and Washu that what she was doing was isn't to keep herself alive to make that tree bloom one last time. She was essentially draining either his dry energy or life force, whichever one it was. I forget which. I think it was dra- his dry power. Much in the same way that in the first film, Ashka used. Or at least, if the way Tenshi interpreted it, at the end of the film was Tenchi, um, or not Tenchi? Ashika used all of her power at one shot to fight fight, fight Kane, kill him off to save Tenchi, who in that one moment realized was her son. And I, it felt like that was kind of an allusion to uh, Ashika's early demise, and that it's. Possible if this went on too long, if, she, if he was stuck in that pocket dimension, not only would it possibly collapse on him, but Harna would drain him dry and actually kill him, was one of the reasons why they wanted to get him back. So, what happened when he got back? I'm curious. I don't know what actually happened to him. Does he remember? No, Harna already mentioned that uh, he, would, he would eventually forget what happened there. Uh, did he revert back to his original age? I don't know. We see, see him with his haircut. I'm kind of curious if his lifespan had been shortened like his mother's was, and if you kind of again, there's that parallel with Nobuyuki at the in the finale as well as in other places. Is that all? Is that finale also kind of an illusion that Tenchi might die young because of this entire experience? That's something that kind of irked me at the end.
3: Yeah, having Ryoko with a, a child left by herself, which I'd imagine then you know the other ten, members of the household would you know, help raise the kid or something, but then I imagine Yoshi would still be kicking around just because he's he lasts forever. He's like stuff in the back of the fridge. But uh that's an interesting thought, Pi.
4: I just as a as a Ryoko fan, I think I think I'm just gonna take the movie at face value for what it is. Like like I said, I thought it was just fantastic. It was a for me anyway, like I said, I love these these very dramatic adult romance stories. So I just, I just thought it was a fantastic way to close out the series. So I, I think I'm just going to take it at face value. Well, something that I got out
2: of the the, ha- the scene with Harna, Yoshio, and Tenshi when they're, when Yoshio and Harna are kind of fading fading away, she says that you'll eventually for, for, forget forget about me, etc. But something that's been kind of a, a theme throughout the entire film when Tenshi was in that alternate or parallel world was that he everything that he remembered about the Tenchi household all the flashbacks all the memories that were locked up up in his like subconscious has been mentioned previous came to him through flashes through visions like like broken memories like a dream that he just could not quite remember until except when he drew uh, alluding back to the whole getting your uh, getting in touch with his uh, memories his feelings something he forgot when he was drawing I kind of felt that what Harney was mentioning was when he got out of the world, it would kind of reverse. That what happened with Harana would slowly become, again, like J.G. said, a memory or a dream. Uh, Just this one fantasy that happened in the back of his mind and just became vapor over the years, overwritten by his time with the girls, etc.
5: Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but uh, I thought we were closing now, closing shop. So I don't know if this was uh, this will fit into the cast with the questions or anything. But um, uh, on the topic of uh, this uh, Dagon, as, as you mentioned, and maybe some others uh, did as well, as this being their favorite of the three movies, um, I think it was for me as well. You know, I, I had a really cool uh, kind of personal connection. Uh, with the with uh, some of the narrative of the uh, of the film, not to bore any listeners with the details, but just uh, just how I got into Tenchi fandom. Um, you know, I watched it uh, on Toonami back in 2000, and uh, after it was uh, no longer shown on Toonami, you know, I I uh, I kind of went. You know, I forgot about uh, Tenchi in general and a lot of anime as well, and. Um, and then just over the years, one day, many years later, I, I remembered it. And I couldn't remember anyone's name, but I remembered this one character in particular. I remembered this brash, energetic, sexy, green-haired space pirate. And I couldn't even remember her name. And, uh, you know, I did a little internet digging and and rediscovered Ryoko again and rediscovered Tenchi again. And uh, this kind of also fits along the lines of... Uh, was it spelled out explicitly? Well, maybe not. It's uh, up for debate, but um, again, in the uh, in the film, we see where Tenchi's mind has been messed with and his his memories of uh, the Masaki household and his family have been all but erased. He's forgotten everything, and yet there's just this little nagging in his subconscious. It uh, shows itself when he's when he's drawing and when he's just kind of you know letting his mind wander and subconsciously he draws this picture of ryoko and he doesn't even know who it is he can't remember but but it's it's something there's something there and did he draw aika did he draw uh, any of the other girls uh, no he he drew ryoko and so she was kind of um forever imprinted on his very soul um and it was kind of that way with me i remember that quote he has at the very end when he says, um, I, I like drawing now, and uh, and uh, I like how it makes me feel. And, and Ryoko says, oh, okay, so what do you feel when you draw? And he says, like I'm remembering something I forgot long ago, something important. When I draw, I feel things that I lost touch with but are still there inside my heart. And then longingly, of course, gazes at Ryoko when he says that. And, of course, I love the film for purely in cinematic terms for how good it was and as a Ryoko fan, but it will forever be a favorite of mine for that reason there, because Ryoko was the one that brought him back. And for me personally, Ryoko was the one that brought me back. And I just thought that was really cool. And uh, I felt like sharing. So thank you all for allowing me to do that. Thank you everybody for being in
0: today. Until next time. Stay gold.